What's happening, Soul Fam? Welcome to Onto High Quantum Healing, the podcast that's going to help you tap into your psychic abilities, become a fifth dimensional being, and understand the true meaning of ascension. This week's special guest is a lovely Aaliyah. And in this podcast, we really just dive into our experiences since the last time we had a podcast together. So about over a year ago, I was sitting with Aaliyah on her podcast, which is called Spiritual Shit, and it's an amazing podcast. I definitely recommend you check it out. Um, and at that time, she was still going through some major transformational shifts. And now, catching up almost two years later and watching each other's progress on social media, it's been such an amazing opportunity to just catch up with each other, see what kind of new downloads we've achieved and the changes that have happened in our lives. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Antohai, on TikTok and YouTube at Antohai Quantum Reiki. And if you're ready to step into your sole purpose, becoming an Ascension coach and spiritual entrepreneur, check out the links in the description below. Join our academy where we'll teach you everything about energy healing, quantum Reiki, Antohai alchemy, and how to create the life of your dreams as a six-figure entrepreneur in the spiritual community, bringing us deeper into the golden age. For tarot readings and energy healings, go ahead and check out antohai.us for all your resources. What's happening, so fam? Welcome to the Onto High Quantum Healing Podcast, where we talk about manifestation, psychic abilities, ascension, and so much more. Today, we have a very special guest. Um, I met this person through Instagram several years ago. I was featured on her podcast because she was uh, kind of like looking at my work and stuff like that. And then we just stayed in connection ever since. I watch a lot of your content all the time. I follow you obviously on Instagram. Her name is Aaliyah Lovely. She's a spiritual teacher and channeler. And if you have never heard her podcast, Spiritual Shit, I highly recommend that you jump on it because it's down to earth and super real. Welcome, Aaliyah. Thank you, Antohai. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you. Yeah. So one of the things that I start off when I like, get somebody on here is I ask them what stage of their life are they in? Um, because onto high means three things. It, and it kind of fluctuates depending on what stage you're in. It means the cravings of your life where, you know, you're more so recreating yourself and finding like what really gives you the drive to do what you do. The cravings of victory, which is already, you know, you're, you're in the next phase of your life, but now you're just focused on the wins or the power of the gods, which is like, you've become, so much more than what you thought victory in life could be about. Which one do you feel like you're vibing with? You know, I feel like it's the first one. <laughs> yeah. The cravings of life. Yeah. Um, explain it to me again. Like, I think it's the first one. <laughs> yeah. So like the cravings of life, I I'm kind of like there too, where like, I'm, I'm reevaluating what gives me the drive to do the things that I'm doing in my yes. life. And like, I'm pursuing that. So like, yeah. how's that playing out in your reality? So it's interesting. All of those stages that you listed, I feel can exist in a cyclical type of period. Um, <laughs> and each stage of your life, you come to this place where you're like, okay, I have these desires. And then you figure out how to manifest those. And then you switch and change and, um, and get to the place where you're like, okay, I'm the master of my domain. And then you get to a space where you're like, okay, well then what's next. <laughs> and <laughs> then you reevaluate and start again. And so, um, that looks like for me right now, trying to figure out, um, the direction in which I would like to pivot. I think the universe has been giving me, uh, more difficult aspects of manifestation. We'll say, 
Um, okay. because manifestation in general, I feel at least how it works for me is that there's this big thing that you want and this thing you would like to achieve or have. And then once you get that thing, the, the reason that you get that thing is to help your soul expand, to show you that you're healing, uh, to show you what you're capable of. And I often feel that each one of those manifestations then has kind of like a contingency plan packed inside of it huh? <laughs> that once you get this thing, Oh, but then you'll have to grow in this way upon receiving this thing. And so being able to, to recognize the bad bitch that you are and the ability of being able to call things into your life in that way, but also understanding that it, it's not like, um, it's not like how on the secret where we watch and you're like, Oh, like you pick from this catalog and you just do, 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 and you're like shopping and then that's it there they come with lessons they come with expansion they come with other aspects of leveling you up in order to let you see how powerful you are to let mm -hmm. you see how much magic you have and so on so i find found myself in the space where i had manifested uh, a partner uh, a house and a baby in like a six-month period <laughs> it was really really crazy how fast all that had started to happen and then got into the space of like, oh, there's a lot of work to be done still here um, mm -hmm. upon receiving these things. So I'm in this this place right now where I'm like, okay, time to reevaluate and figure out how to move on. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, I think it's I think it's really cool that you brought that up again because right before this is just for all the listeners. Right before we hopped on the podcast, I was like, man, the last time I talked to you. I feel like you were, you said there was a couple of things that you said that you were going to manifest and then they came so fast. And I'm like, yo, like, and I remember <laughs> you had just started dating, like, is he your yeah, husband now? David. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. we're my partner. Yeah. 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 So I remember you had just started dating him and then like all this other stuff came through. So I think that's really awesome. Um, and that's why I, I think I want to talk to you because like the last time we talked, we were really talking about like how time was shifting and warping mm -hmm. and it was really weird. And now fast forwarding a couple of years, like what has the manifestation game taught you? Like, have you learned anything new? Yes. So much, how much time we got? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll you know? run it. Just whatever is valuable. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So it, it comes that to me that there are levels to this shit. Okay. And there's this, this part of for me. Okay. So just to give your listeners some background, um, I had been single for a very, very long time. Um, I had just gotten out of, uh, a very narcissistic, abusive, uh, relationship, uh, marriage. Um, and once I was able to finally free myself from that situation, there was a lot of growth and expansion that happened there, but then I was single for like five or something years. And I was really like, okay, I'm ready to call in a partner. Um, I want to have a family. I want to have, you know, X, Y, Z and, and feeling in a lot of ways that that was something that just beyond what I could have. Um, there were so many, um, things that I needed to heal as far as me being able to, the way that I talked to myself, the way I thought about myself, um, people don't like me because I'm black. People don't like me because I'm fat. People don't like me because whatever I'm weird. I see ghosts, you know, whatever the thing is, fill in the blank. And so with that, there was this, like, I don't know, summer of needing to come to like a reckoning of like what I deserve, who I am, um, how the universe views me. Um, I am love. I am powerful. I am all those things. And once I finally got into that state of like, okay, I'm starting to love myself. I'm starting to heal all my wounds. It was the teeniest bit of shift into that um, quantum realm, if you will, of, of being able to understand 
the, the vibratory frequency in which I wanted to emit into the world in order to receive those things back. So if I'm telling myself I'm not worthy or I'm not this, or I'm not that, and I'm asking for a partner, or I'm asking for a house or whatever, those things aren't coming back to me because vibratorily, like there's, it's not a match. And so at some point me coming to reckoning of like, okay, well, if, if I want this thing, I need to believe this about myself and coming to that, that like just turning the meter just enough to get to the space where you start to see things come back to you that show you, oh, that's actually valid. That's actually true. And the things that I was attracting started to change. And so I remember when it happened because I was in Bali and uh, I would gone on like an eat, pray, love, like so basic, you know, <laughs> like kind of trip. And when I was there, um, I had, I'd done this heart healing, uh, session with a, a girl named Holly Laurel. And so she had unblocked my heart chakra. She saw all these things. And, um, she had said like, you know, like your heart's really blocked because in this past life, you, um, men only wanted you for sex. Men only wanted to see you in this way and X, Y, Z. So you have a guard up of like wanting to keep yourself protected. This is how you keep yourself safe. And in some degree, I already knew that, but like, it was really nice hearing it from someone who didn't know that. And then, um, after I fell asleep, and, and had this dream about a, a man coming to me and saying like, Hey, wait for me. Like basically looked exactly like David. <laughs> so he came to me in this dream and told me to wait for him. So, um, fast forward, I came, uh, went to Paris, uh, to shoot a job before I came home. This is all before COVID kicked off. And I was in this space of like, I'm understanding who I am. I'm loving who I am. I'm, uh, I'm going to be single and I'm going to like it. Like, I'm just going to do me, you know? And there was this, this, this shift of suddenly there were these people approaching me. Hey, how are you? What's going on? Did it, oh, really to get to know you. Here's my phone number. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. This has never really happened to me before. And it was person after person after person. And I was like, something has changed. I have ripped off some kind of veil and I'm, I'm, it is as if I, I knew that I was safe to be seen that I was worthy to be seen. And, and so I started to get confirmation of that. Now I believe that in manifestation, we tend to get like more of like little steps that show us where we're going. We don't get it all at once. It's not like, okay, I opened that up and then the partner came in, but there's these little moments of like, that's close, but not quite. And mm -hmm. so you start to unfold like what that looks like and how, how that, how that happens. And so, um, fast forward to the summer, I had gotten this I'd manifested this really beautiful apartment, um, super, super cheap, uh, for where it was and how beautiful it was. And I was like, I'm just going to be here during this quarantine during this time. I'm going to accept that I'm single. I'm going to accept that I'm by myself and alone, and I'm going to just enjoy being with myself. And so in that it was me, not even four weeks later that then I meet David and uh all the george floyd stuff had happened and i had gotten on bumble because i know the kind of work that i do the kind of work that you do or whatever mm -hmm. and i was like my community doesn't get therapy and this mm -hmm. is really traumatic for a lot of us and so i thought i'll just get on bumble to talk to black men to see how they're doing not to date and he was maybe like the second person that had shown up or whatever and i thought oh well yeah I'll, I'll talk to him anyway and so yeah so when i when i met up with him i was like holy shit that's the that's the guy from the dream. Like, you know, and it, it immediately kicked off. Like we just kind of knew like right away, like this is what this is, you know? So that happened. And then, um, maybe six weeks later, um, we were kind of talking about the possibility of, of children here. He has two, two kids. And I was like, I don't know. I kind of just met you. <laughs> maybe that's not like the best thing to do right away. Uh, and then just kind of seeing how, like in that moment we had spoken about Cairo 
um, that like, he was like, if you ever had a child, what would you name? And I was like, I never let myself think about it because doctors have always told me that I can't get pregnant that I, without assistance or whatever. I never let myself think about if I have children. And so, um, we, I, he's, he, we had talked about the Cairo name, whatever, and decided we'd had a past life there together. So there was something super meaningful to us. He was like, well, if we ever do have a child, we should name it Cairo. And, uh, he's like, do you think we should get started? And I was like, you know, I'm just kind of looking for a sign. Like that's, that's all. I just really want to know that that's something we should be doing. And I looked down at my phone and I'm on Instagram, like flipping through or whatever. And I see Tia Mowry pops up on my explore page or something. So I click on one of her random posts was like a year ago. And she mentions in the post, um, TBT to our five-year anniversary. Um, we, we renew our vows every five years, but our 10th year anniversary, we couldn't because I was way pregnant with Cairo. And it was literally seconds after I said, I'm looking for a sign. And it was like, bam, there it is. So David's kind of laughing at me because he's like, you tell all your followers to follow the sign, <laughs> this or whatever. He's like, you got to follow through with that. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll do it. We'll do it <laughs> um, for one month. And if nothing happens, we'll drop it. Like, I don't want to hear about it again. Um, and first try, I got pregnant. So nice. going to the doctor, they're like, this is going to be a high risk pregnancy. There's all these things that could be wrong. You have a high risk for, for Down syndrome and this thing and that thing or whatever. And I just sat on the promise that like, if this is, this is who was meant to come in despite all of the other stuff, like, th like th this doesn't change my mind about anything. So this person is supposed to come through the soul is supposed to come through. So, um, we go through all the stuff. I have the worst pregnancy, like a preeclampsia, gestational diabetes. I fell down the stairs, um, just like all kinds of emergencies that I had to keep going to the hospital for. Um, it was during COVID. So like my partner couldn't come in with me to see the, the sex of the babe, nothing, you know, like the experience that I really had hoped for was nothing at all. So this is what I mean by contingency. Like there's always mm -hmm. kind of some growth, like mm, packed in. And so, um, then once I, I, it's time for us to, to go into labor and I've been induced, which I didn't want to, but because of all the, the stuff that was happening, we were afraid, like she was going to have some issues or something like that. So safe side. Um, and then having the, the worst experience in all that, like just epidural fail failures, um, too much Pitocin, um, stop in progression issues with a possible rupture Her head started to swell, like emergency C-section. I pass out on the table because I have a blood hemorrhage and they're trying to save my life basically. So <laughs> it's like you, you ask for these manifestations and it's like, are you, are you prepared for what they're going to bring in, in that world? So all that to say, um, there, there's much more that's like impact in, in there, but these are things that I've wanted for years, things that I wanted to create in my life, things that I've watched my friends have um, I'm 30, I'm going to be 38. And so it was later in life for me, you know, based off of where I live and knowing that I'm watching everyone get their, their partner and their children and their happy home and family or whatever. And that seeming like that was just really, really out of my reach. And then having to return after living in New York and then landing back in a city, I said, I'd never come back and live then to meet the love of my life and you know, bring in the, the, the sweetest child in the world, um, through this sign, but having so much tumultuous uphill throughout it, what I'm learning through manifestation to answer your question, the very long way, <laughs> um, is that in, in each manifestation is to show us our strength, to show us how powerful we are like that. Our manifestations are not just so we can have something, but to be freed from the need of it. 
And so if we're freed from the need of it, we have more opening for us to discover ourselves and our spirituality. And that's where those contingencies come in. It's like, it is to up-level us in order to be able to show us what we can do and how the universe works. It is how we get outside of our veil, basically, when we're able to see if I just do this, or if I shift my energy here, or if I stop focusing on that thing, or if I if we wish and leave it alone, you know, if I surrender this thing, if I can trust myself, if I can love myself, if I can love others, can I, if I can be more compassionate, then things shift and change in magical ways. And so for me personally, I'm learning how to level that up. Like the first rung, they were like, all right, here you go. We're going to throw you a bone. We'll show you how fast you can do it and, and give you that excitement behind like what you can produce in your life to see what's possible. But the next time it won't be as easy because it's time for you to, to grow in the areas in which your muscles are weak on this side. You're very weak mm -hmm. in patience, you're weak in compassion, you're weak in whatever the thing is and helping grow in those areas. So uh, the question I get most often is for, from people who typically manifest very quickly at the beginning, but then it gets harder and them thinking that they're doing something wrong. And it's mm -hmm. like, you're not doing anything wrong. You're growing, you're, you're being called towards deeper, greater, larger, more expansive manifestations yeah no definitely you brought up so many good points i guess um thank, thank you for sharing all of that yeah sorry um, long-winded answer no no you're totally good yeah i think that's that's definitely something um you know i guess i'll give you a little bit of a recap of like my my manifestation story since the last time we yeah. talked um i've accomplished a lot of things just like you have and um something I realized was like, for the longest time, I was trying to complete my dharma, my sole purpose, my sole purpose, my sole purpose. And then I finally did complete it. And then I felt like I was lost, like I had mm -hmm. nothing left to do. Um, and part of me was even like, well, maybe I should stop being a shaman, maybe I should stop like doing the social media thing, maybe it's time for me to just take a whole brand new direction. And during that time, it's been a lot of self development of more so like asking myself, what is it that you really want? Like, it's not about, it's not about like letting go of being a shaman is maybe your focus on what you've been doing with shamanism isn't the passion anymore. Right. Maybe it's not the fact that you need to like let go of social media. Maybe it's social media has had such a huge weight over everything you've done for such a long time. Now it's time for you to just be free from it. Right. And mm -hmm. like do what you want with it. So that's been a lot of like my personal journey. Um, and almost just kind of like, it because when you were talking I was seeing like a lot of images of like like I could because when I talk to people I see telepathic images of like yeah. things that have happened to you and that are in resonance with like what I've experienced and one of the things that it's it's shown me is like okay like you want you want to become the next level version of yourself but again it comes back to this like ancient mantra is like know thyself like you need to really know yourself to be yeah. able to manifest bigger and bigger and easier right yes. so um definitely like it, a lot of resonance there that's been going through it um and you know like when it comes to like people asking about manifestation right like what's your what's your main go-to technique or tactic that you would tell people like they should always focus on no matter what well it's kind of twofold because it it is a lot of one being very clear about what the desire is. Um, mm -hmm. the, the biggest problem a lot of people have is they don't know what they want. They base what they want off of what they think they want, like, or what they think they should want. 
um, what they think other people think they should want, you know, like, or what they think they should have at a certain point in their life or whatever. And um, getting very clear about what that looks like in order to, to not try to manifest from a place of obligation, but from a place of true desire, from a true, like, this is what I came here for to experience. And then the second part is the surrender aspect, um, because it is not just making, you know, mood boards, vision boards, and writing in your journal, what it is that you'd like to manifest. It's also getting to the point of letting it go and, and asking the question universe, what would you have for me? And I think that that for me has been, it's something that I know almost automatically. And at the same time, my largest struggle, um, I'm trying to manifest something right now. And it is so hard for me to not try to control it at every step. It is difficult for me to say, you know what, I put this in play when the universe thinks it's the right time, I'll just do it then. Instead, I'm trying to like force it, manipulate it, think about it. Maybe if I just say this, then this will happen, you know, whatever. And to be able to, to genuinely trust that when the, it's the right time, it'll happen um, to, to allow myself to let it go. Now, I know that from my last manifestation, when I was like, I want a partner, I want a partner, I want a partner for like five years. And the, the, the time that I finally let it go and I'm like, I love being single. Boom, there they come. And I'm like, no, like <laughs> I was ready to be by myself. Um, it is the letting go that to me, it really, really makes a huge difference. And it's not letting it go so you can make it happen. Like, mm -hmm. cause that's a lot of times what we think we're doing is okay, I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to think about it. And then that's not actually letting it go. Um, but saying true surrender and saying, okay, this is, you know, out of my hands, whatever it is that I can, uh, do at this point, there's, there's really nothing. I just need to hand it over. Mm -hmm. And so I always liken it into the, you know, like you're, you're in the car, you set the GPS, but you let someone else drive. And you can't be there being like, no, the, the phone says this, the phone says that. And it's like, just let them, let them drive. And when you arrive, it'll be the time that you're supposed to get there. But yeah, universe, take the wheel. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So like, okay. Um, when you were talking about the surrender aspect, I instantly had this feeling of like fear, right? And it's yeah. just like, <gasps> Oh, like, how do you do that? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, I know, I know the technique, you know, I, I'm following it with you, but like, yeah. what do you recommend for people when they're like dealing with the fear of like surrender? Like, how do you deal with that? Well, for me, it's a lifelong lessons, lifelong struggle, <laughs> um, because I'm a control freak. I'm a firstborn child, you know, like, well, I like things how I like them. I want my house and my pillows just so, you know, um, and it does have to do with control. Like our fear tends to be almost always connected to control. Anxiety, always connected to control. I can't control the circumstances. So I'm afraid of what's going to happen because I can't produce what my own expectation is. So if we're able to let go of our expectations, there's not really a lot of fear um, because we're like, okay, well, like, let's just see what happens. You know, like let's, let's roll with it. Um, being able to, to escape that kind of thought process of like, if it doesn't happen just so I'm going to lose my mind. You know what I mean? Now, obviously some of us deal with trauma. Uh, we have different neurodivergence as well. And that, that can play into the reasons why we have fear. Uh, I'm not necessarily talking about that because there are different, definitely different tips for those. Um, but in a general sense, the fear comes from us feeling like it's, it's all on our shoulders, that we are the ones that are in charge of our own destiny completely by ourselves. And that if we allow anyone else to take control. We won't get the thing that we're, we're wanting. Um, so the thing that I'm working on right now, which is actually a very private thing. So I won't <laughs> put it out here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
but it is, it is something that requires the actions of several other people that are, that do not involve me at all. And I'm sitting here from the outside trying to control these people who have no idea, <laughs> uh, hoping that I can force uh, an action to get the result that I want. And my fear is, is that one, it comes like typically our fears come from a deeper narrative place of our own projections of our own trauma. So my two that I always return to is one, I never get anything that I want, which is bizarre. Like it's ridiculous. Like the, I, I clearly get things that I want, um, but that's the narrative I return to. And then two, that no one loves me. And so those are my greatest fears. If you can source what your greatest fears are, like those narratives that you return back to all the time, it is so helpful in being able to integrate when you're in that process of trying to manifest because the aspect of surrender can't come until you're able to acknowledge those things. Mm -hmm. One, I'm afraid that I won't get what I want and that I will be left. Um, essentially the, the other one trickles into the next one is like, if I don't get what I want, it means that no one will love me. If I'm not this valuable person and I'm not achieving these things and no one will love me. If I don't uh, get this action or this commitment or this thing to happen or whatever, then that person doesn't love me or these people won't love me, whatever. It always comes back to love for me, I think. And maybe that's most people, but um, we all have our own kind of narrative. So if you can get in tune with what that is, figuring out at the base of things, um, what is the thing that makes you the most scared? I'm, I am the most scared that I am not loved. Like I watch a cautionary tale, like it's, it's my soap opera. Um, I'll get on YouTube and like, uh, the rise and fall of whoever. Right. And I watch them all the time, not because I enjoy seeing someone fall, but because I'm trying to protect myself from the same. It is my greatest fear to be in a place where I'm leading people, helping people, trying to do the work of my passion of my soul, of my Dharma. And that in any case I may hurt someone. And, and that end up being then me being uh, perceived as someone who is trying to hurt people. That is a huge fear of mine, because what does it mean? I'm being rejected and I'm not loved. I'm canceled. Mm -hmm. So like, I can see where my behaviors of my fears come out of those places of uh, my, my deeper, deeper fear neg uh, narratives, deeper fear projections. So if you have the opportunity to sit down and go, okay, at the base of it, what's the worst thing? that can happen to me? What is the thing I'm the most afraid of? And some people may say, I'm afraid of dying. That could be separation from loved ones. You know what I mean? Like it can be a yeah. little bit deeper than that, than just the situation and being able to get to the very base need. What is your base need? Cause that usually is in correlation with your base fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's like, I was all super juicy. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I think, I think one of the things that I'm pretty much afraid of is like this whole cult mentality mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. especially because I've led so many people around the world where like the last thing I ever want to do is make people feel like they're indebted to like whatever yeah. work I've pre presented to them and then you know there's always like the the whole cult story that you know maybe the original person started it off and it wasn't ever designed in that fashion and then you know that person passes on it gets transferred over to somebody else and then they turn it into a cult or something right. that takes advantage of people so I think that that one's one of my my first main fears for sure and I can definitely relate with like you know how you were leading people and stuff like that and I think my second other main fear too is just like not it's weird to put it in words but I think it's just like not actually knowing who I am it's mm -hmm. kind of like this weird thing you know what I mean like oh I want to get because it's happened to me multiple times where I've said like okay I want this one thing and it shows up out of nowhere I have it and I'm like 
okay, this is definitely not what I thought I wanted. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I have it now and like, I'm still, there's still something missing. There's still like, I still don't understand who I am, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of my surrender goes into like a fight or flight kind of mode is just like, I'm afraid that, you know, if I, if I manifest this thing and it turns out again, like this isn't actually what I wanted or a learned thing that I've, I've learned since the last time I talked to you is like, a lot of my manifestations have a positive and a negative aspect yeah. to them. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Never, that contingency. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you never really think about it until like it's presented itself to you. And like, one of the things that I, I definitely realized was like, I wanted the next level of my career. I got it. And I, I never once factored in like the stress that's involved with it, like yeah. possible two-facedness that goes into it, like yeah. all this other stuff. And I'm like, damn, like I'm in a new reality and now I got to learn all these new sets of rules. And it's, it, the other thing it's really taught me too, is just like, no matter with what manifestation comes through, like you have to learn new rules when that manifestation comes through, like yeah. how to take care of it, how to take care of yourself during that process. Yeah. And then also kind of like grow it because growing the manifestation once it's come through, like is a whole new process because you, you can't just hope for it to show up and then be self-sustainable. Yeah. It's like a garden, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely. like a child, mm-hmm. <laughs> like quite literally, like what you're hearing you say that I was like, oh man, it's like, I grew the baby and then had the baby. And now I have to like, make sure that she stays alive. And that I also do, um, the, the process, uh, of receiving some of some of our manifestations may even be traumatic mm-hmm. and it's crazy the sacrifice that we'll put into but what's been really interesting about what you said um about being afraid of not knowing yourself uh, to me as soon as you said that i heard it's being freed of the need of it like you you needed it and now you don't and so you're coming into this place of like well now what i don't need this thing anymore because i have it and maybe maybe it, it is partially you feeling like you don't know yourself but maybe it's just that like you're freed from the need of it. Now you have more space, uh, opening, you know, I find, you know, like, um, so, okay. I know that a lot of, a lot of people that I know are like this, but like, we like to shop. Right. And if you like to shop, it's the, it's almost the process of the hunt of looking for something that's fun. It's like, okay, maybe not this one. This one. Okay. Maybe I can get this one at a cheaper price. Oh, look, this one's cute. That process for me is, is fun because it's creative. And as a creator, I'm an artist, probably first, um, as a photographer for 20 years, the process of bringing thought into fruition is, is so fun. Like being a creative director of, at a photo shoot, you know, like me going and being planning all the things, putting together the mood boards, buying all the crap, you know, for the, the setup and stuff like that. And then doing the actual shoot down to editing the photos. Like I go from the beginning, like the, the base things of planning all the way to the very end to the finished product. And so for me, like that process is fun. And so I guess, imagine if we're in 5d where everything happens at the same time, there's no surprise. It's just like, this is what it is. And this is how it turns out. And the, like being in 3d is really great. I think that's why we came here is because there's this aspect of this, this unknowing, like we don't know what's going to happen. That almost helps us grow our creativity, you know, that hope and that vulnerability and putting something into the process and then coming to the finished product, you feel like, oh my God, what a reward. And that's kind of the high that a lot of people get from shopping. It's probably why it's addictive is, is that process of from thought to fruition of getting that thing. And now that society has made that much faster, there's this lack of satiation that happens that ends up fostering an addiction because it's the, the dopamine center of our brain that shows up of like that hit of 
from thought to fruition. It is us manifesting one thing after another. So to be freed from the thing is why we end up countering this void and end up being in the space of like, okay, well now I'm in this void. What, how do I, <laughs> what's the next thing? We end up going to the next thing. So if the process was slower, you know, we, we probably find a bit more fulfillment, but the, the age that we live in now, everything comes in microwave, you know, like we get it mm-hmm. super, super fast. So I think that if you're finding yourself in that place where you're, you're able to arrive at these manifestations, say, you know, anti, anti high, you have loads and loads and loads of wisdom, lifetimes of wisdom, quantum wisdom, right? So your ability to be able to figure something out very quickly is as a result of the many lifetimes and the m- much work that you've done in order to figure out how to get thought to fruition very quickly. And so it's, I don't know, I almost want to encourage you. Like, maybe it's not that you don't know yourself as much as you've just really practiced and honed this thing. And you're looking for that process. And that mm-hmm. process is not there because of all the work that you've done. Yeah, no, definitely. I, no, I hear you. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. I really, <laughs> I really find it valuable. Yeah. Um, yeah, manifestation has changed lately. I feel even for like how people like bring themselves into reality, at least like yeah. with working with people. I don't know if you've noticed the same thing yeah. for sure, but like, how have you noticed people's manifestation? Like, I don't know, the environment, I guess, change. Um, what do you mean? So Sorry. for, for instance, like I get a lot of people who have been doing the law of attraction for a while, like the journaling, you know, the affirmations, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden one day they kind of just wake up and they're like, you know, I don't have to do any of that anymore. Right. All I have to do okay. is just like put it out there and it happens. Like, have you been noticing that there's a common trend in like yes. your community? Yeah. Um, so I have a mystery school and in that it's kind of like a like data mining, you're able to see everybody's experiences and how they, how they're doing things and how it changes in each class. And so, um, what I found, I don't know if it's just the energy has changed in our earth. Um, I know that since, um, you know, 2020, when all the things have shifted, like we also shifted with that earth has shifted very much so in her energetic field. And so in that space, I think that the, the way in which we think about things has changed. And the way in which we're able to receive things now has changed. I think those of us who have been doing a lot of that work have, I don't know if we have, no, but there's no like real proof of this, but it's my belief that like we have upgraded in our systems somehow. Um, and, and our ability to connect to energy is, is, is much faster. It's more intuitive. It's more, it has less of this, uh, kind of middle ground stuff. I rarely have to write things down anymore for them to show up. Um, uh-huh. it's, it is, I don't know if it's a, it's a, the partnership or collaboration of us also doing the work, but also how the earth is changing as well. And so in that, I think that in the same way that people are saying we're ascending to 5D, I don't know that we ever ascend to 5D because we're human beings, unless we're going interdimensionally. But I think that very much so the way in which we're able to connect to energy has changed. And so mm-hmm. in that, like the only thing that really blocks us now is not all the work that we have to do, but seeing that the work was never necessary in the first place. It's just that we needed to get our minds into a perspective where we thought something was possible and that meant journaling or making vision boards or whatever. Now we're at a stage where we're like, well, we believe that's possible. Where's that? And we're able to put thought to fruition much faster because we don't believe that we need the stuff to do it anymore. I know for myself, it's like, um, it hasn't changed that I do uh, meditation, but in order to connect to other beings and hear the things that I'm hearing, I don't have to burn the sage or do the whole ritual or sit in meditation for two hours. I just say, Hey, what's up? And, Mm -hmm. and they're there. 
you know? So it's because of my perspective, I believe the shift in our energy and how we see our world changing has given me the perspective of, I can connect because I am, I am this energetic being it's before it was like, we felt like we needed to look to the gurus or the pastors or whoever in order to connect for us. And I think that we're just, we are, things are changing manifestation wise and our environment is changing because we are changing our perspective. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Have you seen the, um, it, I think it was Aubrey something, his Marcus. podcast. And Aubrey With Marcus. Matias de Stefano. Yeah. Oh yeah God, I know love, where I'm going. Love. Okay. So I really, really did love, and I watched this stuff periodically because it's it's weird like I only run into Mateo Stefano's when him and I are channeling like the same exact thing yeah. but from mm-hmm. two different angles yeah um so he started talking about 5d and 3d 45d basically mm-hmm. and you know everyone's always talking about like oh I gotta reach 5d I gotta reach 5d and for the longest time I've tried to teach people that 5d is just being like hella honest with yourself like you know and then really just recognizing that like if you love yourself you're gonna get out of your own way to do the Mm -hmm. things that you want to do. And then he kind of like described it, this almost verbatim the same way, which is just like, it's like a sense of total knowing, like there's no more privacy. There's no more like secrets. And then people are like, okay, well, I want to become more psychic. I want to do this. I want to do that. Well, if you were more honest with yourself, you would automatically hit that space, you know, because it's like, you're, you're not leaving the static noise in front of you. So like, I really did appreciate that. And then the way that he also talked about like, 4d um being like basically eternity right like mm-hmm. when you really understand 4d like the dream realm is eternal like we're always working outside of time space and that's one mm-hmm. of the first things that i teach my students as well is just kind of like you gotta time usually is like above our heads and it's ruling mm-hmm. everything else that we're doing when you realize that th- time is just a thought in your mind that's where you really start being able to like do some supernatural stuff mm-hmm. um so like that was that was one of the things I think that just really resonated with your 5D concept. Um, and there was one more thing I wanted to like throw in there when it came to manifesting. Um, damn, it just like I was like, I'm going to forget <laughs> it when I when I start talking. It'll um, come back. <laughs> yeah, it'll come back. It'll come back. But yeah, manifestation itself, I think, has become it's become a little bit more fun, but then at the same time, there's been like this huge gap where you can see the people who, and I don't know if you've seen this personally, but um, especially with my family, I've seen Mm -hmm. that the ones that have been asleep are just suddenly getting it. Like they just, Mm -hmm. they're not, they're not reading no esoterica. They're not doing any of that. They just one day wake (laughs) up and they're just like, oh, okay. You know, like this is how the universe works. And then I've also seen other family members like go deeper into the 3d of everything. And like, it's really weird seeing that globally now, because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people in the middle that are trying to justify this, like the metaphysical aspect of it all with what they have as, as a physical value to compare it to. Yeah. And then there's people who are just like, okay, you know what? Like I've been living my life this way, this whole entire time. And I just had this new idea. I'm just going to dive into that idea and see what happens. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's, that's what's really cool right now. What's happening at least with like manifestation. Um, yeah. Do you have it's any really ideas or thoughts of that? Yeah. Well, because Okay. And my, my thought process is that, so look at the world right now. Um, you're, we are finding in at least our, our Western world that there's a lot of fighting for the old. And mm-hmm. so we can see that in our rights and war and, you know, other things. And there's a fighting for old, like what used to be, 
And while the rest of us are like, no progress, let's move forward. There are very much who, you know, who don't want that, who would like very, like, not just what we had, you know, 10 years ago, but what we had 50 years ago. And it is my, my belief, my thought, my, what my energies have channeled is that it's kind of this last stitch effort to keep uh, the world where she is. It is mm-hmm. the feeling that things are shifting underneath us and those who are, and I don't know if I want to call them asleep per se, because they're, they're awake to what their desires are. And they think that they, they're the good guy. You know, mm-hmm. like, I think that like, I, I never could align very well with the dark overlord archetype with, you know, like there's this like secret society who is trying to kill the world. Maybe there is, but I think that in some way they think they're the good guy. And that they're doing what they think is best for the world and and so many words. So in that they're fighting for the old thinking that that was something more pleasant or that was something that they were used to, whatever. Um, And that where we're moving is absolutely crazy. You know, they can't perceive that. And it is, it's unfortunate that it has to go down this way, but it happens in every single civilization since earth has been here that we have seen this massive divide the atlanteans and the lumerians end up splitting like they end up blowing up their planet or you know whatever part of their thing um you know like the roman empire falling like there's it's there's examples of it throughout history because you know like think of um world the world war uh like when the whole world is coming together to fight this thing um the nazis come in or whatever like we wouldn't have the laws that we have today for the countries that we have established if that hadn't happened now, I'm not saying that that was a good thing. Not at all. Uh, pas de tout. <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm. a little French there. Um, but it, it is as a result of the divide that people ended up coming together. And mm-hmm. so I think in the same way, we're experiencing this not only in a political realm, we're experiencing this in the very much energetic realm where the earth would like to move on and ascend, change. Uh, the earth itself is an organism that has a need for expansion. And in that way, I think that we came here, a lot of us came here, not everybody, but uh, some of us are locals. <laughs> some of us have come from other places um, to assist in helping uh, a limb of the body get up to speed. You know, mm-hmm. this, this particular limb was hurting. And so the rest of the universe goes, we can't leave without earth. We need earth to be able to get on the same page. So how do we how do we do the physical therapy that's required in order to get earth up to speed to get earth strong again. And in that, what happens is, is that think about when you have to work out and or repair yourself after you've been through something, it's very painful and there will be resistance. There will be, um, no, I'm not going to the PT today. Like there will be a lot of that because the, the ego will want to stay in what's comfortable. And there will be like, obviously another train of thought. This is no, I need to get better. I can't stay in this pain. I can't be in this place, whatever. And in that way, I feel like it's very similar. Like we're watching our earth try to repair itself and try to, to level itself up. It's the same. If you started wor- a workout routine, your ego says, no, sleep in, stay comfortable. And it's like, no, I would like to be better. I need to go to the gym. I need to do this or whatever. And I think that that's what we're experiencing right now. This is the discomfort in us getting earth up to speed. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Man, there's so much right there. Okay. So um, when it comes to, oh man, where do I start? So <laughs> the whole, the whole like Illuminati kind of concept or whatever, um, I personally have always felt like, yeah, that's there because I've interacted with them. I've talked yeah. to them directly, like through the ethers and during, during the pandemic, 
um, there were a couple moments where um, I would I would be in deep meditation and then I would see the all seeing eye. Mm-hmm. And then I, I remember in my meditation, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on right now? And then all of a sudden it would show me, okay, so this is what's about to happen next. And then after that, it's going to be this. And then after that, it's going to be that. And I'd be like, okay, whatever. And I would prepare. And then exactly as I, I was, I would see it in my meditation, it would play out. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time it happened, it was just kind of like, um, like COVID was losing its, its traction. And Mm -hmm. then I like I saw through that meditation, the next thing that they're going to do is they're going to incite some sort of race war so that it keeps the gasoline going. And then three days later, the the Black Lives like riots like Mm -hmm. started happening and stuff like that. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And then through through the the pandemic time, I realized I've had a lifetime where I've worked for these people. That's why I know the playbook. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) that's That's why I can tap into it. And I was like, okay, that's really wild. And then like most recently, like in the last two or three days, I've actually had this, this reformulation of even looking at that reality and being like, it, there's a high chance and possibility that they're all doing what they're doing, thinking that it's the best outcome for everybody. Right. And I was like, that was kind of wild just to kind of flip from like, oh, they're all evil to like, oh no, they're trying to keep stability. And of course, like change is always uncomfortable. So like, if you can keep things status quo, everything stays comfortable. Everyone's going to stay on the same plateau of existence. And that's definitely not what's happening like at a cosmic scale because earth is going faster and faster and faster in deep space. And then we're all kind of like, we're feeling it all the time. It's not now at this point too, is one of the things that I'm trying to teach my students is like, the retrogrades are not the only thing you got to be worried about anymore. Like there's so much more. There's so much. I well, I know people were like, oh, Mercury retrograde. I'm gonna forget Mercury and retrograde. Like we've got all kinds of other stuff happening in stars and you can, it's so palpable. You can feel it. You, you have communities, you know, like, you know, all of a sudden everybody goes, what the hell is going on right now? And Mm -hmm. we can feel it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing it came back to me when we were meditating, there's two things um, about that meditation concept that we were talking about earlier. Um, I've noticed that before I used to have to meditate to, I used to be like really cautious on the fact like, okay, don't meditate to watching a novella or something. Cause like when you hit that really high peak, you're basically absorbing whatever comes through. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, lately I've been noticing that I've gotten into these meditative states where I completely check out and I'm gone, but I hear my voice, like almost like repeating affirmations. Like I love mm-hmm. myself. I love my reality. And then I'm, I become aware. I'm like, where is this voice coming from? Um, I don't know if you've had any experiences like that. And then the other one that's come through is like the concept of dark energy and dark matter, um, where if reality is 99.99% empty space, which is technically like negative energy, um, a lot of the time people will fight the dynamics of something with the opposite to try to get the, like a new result. So one of the things that, you know, when you and I were first talking about, this type of stuff it was there was a lot about like light workers I had to be like the light worker light healer and that kind of narrative has kind of like um yeah like seeped away you know what I mean yeah um but it's still def- yeah yeah it's still definitely there though some people definitely yeah. still think that they have to use the light against the dark but why not use the resources that are right around you and one of the things that has really started surfacing for me as far as like the last year or so is um like a lot of black magic has come up and I'm not like 
deliberately looking for it mm-hmm. is just coming up. It's just like, oh, like BT dubs, like you used to be a voodoo priest in another lifetime and like you know all this voodoo. And it's just like like hitting me. I'm like, whoa, you know, and then like little things like that are coming up now where I'm I'm starting to realize, okay, like what we consider black magic and what we consider white magic or whatever is just magic, really. Yeah. It's just like at the end of the day, if I use that magic to cause harm upon another person and somebody's witnessing me do that and they don't they don't ethically resonate with my movements then I'm going to look like a black magician, right? So it's kind of like the the baseline formula is wholesome until it's applied in a specific direction has been one of the Mm -hmm. things that's been really coming out. Mm -hmm. And I think think that's where a little bit of my fear comes back in because being somebody who remembers a lot of their past lifetimes, I do remember when I used to be like a black magician and some of like the initiatory rites that you need to do when you're going through that, which is can be really, really brutal, especially like in the iron age and stuff like that. Um, and part of it, I think has been like, okay, well, I've been this person who's been all about like good and light magic and whatever, right. Whatever you want to call it. And now I'm going in the totally opposite direction. Cause I, I just feel drawn to do that. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No, I totally get it because there was actually a few months ago, I was all of a sudden, like, I really want to get into magic. Like, I don't know what it is. Like all of a sudden I'm very drawn to what that could look like. I started watching all this stuff about like summoning daemons and the Greek magic papyri and like the hermetic, I read the hermetica and like did all that, um, started looking deeply into Egyptian magic, Heka, uh, Hectate, Hectate, I think it is Hecate, Hecate, something. Um, uh, Hecate, Hecate's the witch one. Heka is the one for Egyptian. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so I even got, I'm in the process of getting this, um, scarab beetle made with black opals, um, that I'm using for, you know, dream work or magic work or whatever. And so they're taking forever on it. And I'm like, come on, I'm going to use them, you know, use them as a tool. Um, but I got Heka, uh, inscribed on the back of it, uh, engraved on the back of it because I've been super drawn to this particular phrase, which is yes, some Heka. And I don't know what yes means, but it, to me, it essentially sent, it, sent, it, it, it emotes energetically. I am magic. Uh-huh. And so I did this meditation with my mystery school one day where I was just feeling it one day and we sat down and I just repeated that phrase over and over and over. And through the frequency, I've been told that one of my gifts is, um, the frequency of my voice helps shift people somehow. And, uh, I'm, I'm down with it. I like that idea. It's cool. <laughs> um, but I, I sat down and I just did the meditation. Yes. Some hicka. Yes. Some hicka. Yes. Some hicka. And over and over and over. And the, the, the people immediately were like, my ears are ringing. Like I'm having chills. Like I, I blacked out for a little bit, went somewhere, came back. Um, these are new people who are new to, uh, lots of these practices, mystical things or whatever. And, and so I'm in, in my own practice of like, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but there's something I remember that I'm doing. And, and all of the people who participate in that had this like kind of almost windfall of like weird stuff that would happen that week for them. Not like bad weird, but like, oh, I was really in tune with this or now I'm really drawn to this or so on. So I kind of get that, like that idea of like, even the, the draw to magic. I think the draw to magic is more about us not recognizing our own ability for alchemy like being able to shift and change things in our world and seeing like, again, how powerful we are. I think that's the whole purpose of manifestation is the, the magical aspect of being able to bring from thought to fruition. Yeah, no, definitely. Utilizing something for that, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I always thought it was kind of weird, like black magic, white magic, like being a black person. I was like, why is the black magic always bad? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the, the but, dark magic essentially. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, that was one of the things that I actually, like, I went through this weird, I started channeling gay gods out of mm-hmm. nowhere. Oh, um, nice. and yeah, and they started just talking to me about like, you know, because one of the things I basically, like what I do to manifest is like, I talk to the entirety of the cosmos. So like mm-hmm. any being on any dimension that knows about what I want to know about, that's not going to like cause fucking chaos in the right. process. <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, let's go hang out, you know, like yeah. I want to know about love, like teach me more about love. And as I started putting that out, like they were like, okay, well, you want to know about love, but what exactly about love do you want to know? And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I want to, I want to know more about loving my life. I want to love my life and everything that I do. And then slowly these gay deities started showing up and I didn't know anything about them. Like the first one that showed up was called Terur Shen, which is like the Chinese God of forbidden love and and gay men. And um, he started basically just teaching me about like the story that he found love. Like he was a real guy. He found love with a general, Uh, the general kind of found out and then had him killed. And then when he went to heaven or like, you know, the, the afterlife, the gods were like, why are you here? Why did you get killed? What was your crime? And he was like, well, I, you know, fell in love with this guy and he couldn't take it. And then they were like, well, your, your crime is of love. So there's no reason why you should have gotten killed. We're going to turn you into a deity instead. And then that kind of yeah. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, you're going to be, you're going to be the deity of like men who love men or whatever. And then he kind of guided me into um, kind of understanding like, all the gay deities and all the gay saints and all that, like they're classified under black magic because it's not something that the church wanted to like really vibrate with. So then he, yeah. So then he started showing me um, voodoo. He was like, in voodoo, there's this, there's actually several, there's like a, there's a set of spirits that are a gay couple and they basically look over gay men. There's one that's just a gay man. And there's another one that's a woman that, is all about gay luxuries. And I'm like, okay, that's really weird because I never thought that like voodoo and Haitian people and stuff like that would be cool with gay, especially because like I have family that lives in Dominican Republic and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And I already know how the culture is with like homosexuality. And then I, it was very enlightening to dive into that and be like, okay, well, voodoo is even considered black magic. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's a whole religion, like its own thing. Yeah. And I, it finally hit me that like, okay, well, not only is gay alchemy and voodoo seen as black magic it's only because of them representing certain minorities that they've been considered black magic and if you're not aware of that then then you're of course going to have like the whole like woo woo scary vibe to it same thing with demons you know like demons one of the things I really learned about demons um like a year or two ago was like demons and angels are the same exact being they just have totally different philosophies on life it's just like you and me like i see the world should be peaceful and you end up seeing the world should be like chaotic right it's just like we live through different philosophies it's not whether or not they're good or bad it's whether or not it aligns with you and ultimately every vibration that exists out there is willing to respond to you rather in the form of a demon or a god or just an experience like the whole cosmos is waiting for you to acknowledge it and say, hey, I'm ready to manifest with you. Like, like yeah. I know I don't know everything. Come and teach me so we can co-create, you know? Yeah, I love that because there is, 
it's such a fear that people have, like when they're opening themselves up to spirituality in the first place. And like, they think that, or at least I, I run into this all the time with people, but um, I'm so scared to get in touch with my spirituality because I'm afraid there a spirit's going to, you know, stand over my bed. I'm going to open the door, you know, like my mom always, when I was, we're little, don't open the door. Don't like start playing with these things that you don't understand. And while I, get, I understand that portion of it, why people are afraid of it, there is this neutrality that does come with that. Like, like you said, like, it's just what you align with basically. Um, the more and more I started aligning with magic and what that looked like, I know at some, some past life, I was a, a black mad magician basically. Um, and it came to me, um, I already knew this about myself, but I had such a visceral, like <gasps> anytime I would go past that area in the bookstore or whatever, nope, can't touch. Don't look, don't, you know, and uh, I had a medium once come and say, oh, you got in some trouble. Like you did some spell work that like came back and bit you in the ass. And so I was like, I recognize that. I know that there's a, a huge reason why I'm scared of it today. And so then coming to some reckoning around that, finding some integration, finding some forgiveness as well. And being like, you know what? That's not something I'm going to be scared of anymore because I'm, I'm a different person. I'm a different, not a different soul, but like vibratorily, like I, I align with very different things now. And so I'm not afraid to get into something like that and try that out or see what that looks like. So I have the Greek magic papyri, which is supposed to be like the oldest magic book of whatever. And a lot of like funerary texts and things, because in a past life, I was someone who helped the souls move to the afterlife, essentially. Like I was like last rites kind of thing before they would mummify or whatever. Um, and then speaking with the families as a medium, like to make sure that they went on the other side or, you know, whatever. My name was Claire Euphemia, which I found yeah. out later means cl clear and well-spoken. So oh, I thought that's crazy. Back, yeah. yeah, I know. I was like, oh, coming back to this life. I did a past life regression where that came through and I thought that I couldn't have made that up. Like Claire Euphemia, like, I don't know what Euphemia means. I've never heard the word before. And so being able to look that up and see that I was like, oh, super cool. So anyway, all that to say, the alignment of, of where we are in this life. I think that we're here at a very special time and it's a time unlike any other because of the technology that we have just in this cycle. I think that the Atlanteans and them, they have that as well. But um, in this cycle, like the way we're able to communicate uh, the way, you know, me and you are talking on a podcast and that however many people are going to hear this, it may expand them in some way. And that's a way in which we didn't have, you know, 10, 20 years ago. And in this way, people are able to expand and come into contact with themselves, get to know themselves, get to know and understand more in ways of the magic that we exist in this universe and how cool this experience really can be uh, in the process of us expanding. I always ask the question, like, why did they make earth so fucking dense? Like, why, why is it so hard here? Um, I used to like make this joke about like, I'll never come back to this ghetto planet because <laughs> like really rough um but then to see that by proxy us being here is helping earth expand by proxy us being here like the things that we're going through helps us to relate to people who are the quote-unquote locals of the earth and helping their expansion process not that anybody's higher than anybody else um but if if i know if me as a person now if i was some as a soul before i got here and i had I had learned something over many lifetimes. I would definitely want to be like, Hey, let me, let me teach you how to, I did it. So that way you don't have to go through what I went through, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, why shouldn't I be up here doing the magic and the things and trying to help people in order for them to accelerate their own expansion? I think that that's the time we're living in. Yeah. That's the magic of the time that we're living in. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
Well, coming back to what you just said about like, um, you know, leaving this ghetto ass planet, like I used to definitely have that vibe too. And most recently, like, you know how when you teach other people, you end up like learning in the process, yeah, right? Yeah. So um, I had a student of mine that came through and he was like, you know, I just feel like my Dharma is completed. I don't need to be here anymore. All I want to do is leave and just like get out of this fucking planet. And I was just like, from where you're speaking of, like you're speaking from like a victim like mindset right like that you're just somebody needs to get you off this planet because you're you're suffering now for some yeah. reason and i said that's only going to create the karma that you have to come back like mm-hmm. because really we didn't come here to escape it we yeah. came here to integrate it understand who we are outside of this matrix but also like being so and like that's the other thing i was telling him like outside of this universe like the the earth and the material realm like we are so expansive that we can't even comprehend how infinite we truly are. And to see how infinite we are, we had to come here and be so restricted and so kind of like put in this little box so that we can blow our own minds. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's part of like the process. If you feel like you got to leave this realm or you got to do magic to save you, there's always going to be something that's kind of like hovering above you and you're never claiming your power entirely. So, um, Definitely. No, I definitely resonate with a lot of, of what you just shared, especially because like at this time and the, the only thing I think that's most difficult in this time and age, um, because of the fact that the Internet's here and I talk about it a lot, is just everyone wants everything so instantaneously. Yeah. And they I think they they treat spirituality the same way they treat Amazon. You know, like yeah. you can go on there and be like, hey, I want this to <laughs> be here possibly by the end of the day. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. just kind of like at this point is, is more so like a lifestyle and coming back to what you were talking about shopping, right? Like some people's lifestyle is just shopping and like they're dedicated to it and they're really good at it. And like, just like with any other craft, if you want to be really good at spirituality, you want to get a magic manifesting, whatever, it's got to become some way, shape or form your life. It can't be just something that you cherry pick whenever you feel like it. A hundred percent. And something that I think is so I love what you said there um, because I think that the, the muscle, our patient's muscle has atrophied. We've just been so used to getting everything at lightning speed that when things take time and they take work and they take dedication and uh, you know, fitness <laughs> of us training uh, ourselves that very often we, we get, we give up, like we get into this place of defeat. Why can't I have it now? It's not here yet. Um, I'm, I, as aware as I can be, I am still suffering, suffering, uh, with this, this plight, you know, because we are living in this world where everything does happen super fast. And I I love this topic because it's something I'm dealing with right now, but I think it's something super important in the process of like, you ever watch a Marvel movie and you're like, oh my God, like they have these powers and like, I want to feel that powerful. Like, at least that's what happens with me. I'm like, oh, I wish I could just shoot you know, webs out of my wrist or something, um, to feel superhuman yet I'm too busy to sit down and do my meditations or I'm too busy to sit down and journal my experiences or, you know what I mean? Like there's always like excuses. I'm too busy, um, or too tired to go work out, you know, whatever the thing is, I, I like, it's too much time to have to prepare a proper meal. You know what I mean? Like I've been working on connection and I know that for myself, at least like when I cut out 
you know, processed foods and when I'm working out regularly and when I'm meditating regularly, obviously I have a deeper and better connection. I found that in this new energy shift since 2020, I don't necessarily need to do all those things to connect. It can still connect in the same way, but there is a super human way that I know is, is coming for me to be able to connect. And I'm almost defiant in, in practicing those things because I know it will take a while for me to get there. And then two, I'm scared of what it will mean. Once I cross that threshold, my soul knows it. Like my body knows it. I get little like blips and, and things behind the veil here and there. Um, I know what's coming for me in that regard, but there's this part of me that's afraid of the change that will have to be made once I cross that threshold. And I think that that's what a lot of people have when they, we, they start to look at spirituality is like, yo, that means I got to give up this or that or whatever. Not that you have to give it up. Like there's balance and everything, but there it's going to require something different from you than you're used to giving. And in a lot of ways for people who are doing spirituality, like it's going to require, like it's going to, for instance, I don't have the same kind of conversations with friends that I used to. And that means that there's a disconnect with certain friends in my life. Like there's certain friends that just want to talk and complain about their husbands or whatever, and talk about their kids and whatnot. And that's fine. But it's not what excites me anymore. It's not something I want to spend time. I want to talk like this. I want to talk to you, you know, (laughs) like I want to talk about the things in which our soul is expanding or growing or whatever. And I know that like with certain people, they kind of get that look in their face, like, Oh, crazy. Aaliyah is talking about this again or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's like, I just don't want that experience anymore. So naturally there's this divide that ends up happening. There's a distance, there's a disconnect with those people or those things or um, the desires that we used to have. And so in that regard, like the growth process doesn't come without sacrifice. And so we, I think a lot of times we're afraid that if it takes a long time, there will be more sacrifice than we can bear. And like a lot of us don't want to waste time. Like that's a big one. Like we don't want to waste any time. So if I invest all this time in this and I tell my friends this, or like I tell my family this or whatever, and I get all this rejection or whatever, when do I get to have my superpower? When is the payoff going to come? And there's no guarantee of what a payoff is considered once you grow into that space. The payoff in and of itself is this experience. Like for you to be here is the payoff. That's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, like, yes, we're here to grow. And it's really nice to be able to see beyond the veil here and there. But I think that the even, sorry, this is getting very specific, but even the veil, for instance, like people want so bad, like, I want to be able to know what my memories are. I want to be able to connect to my past lives and this and that. And for some of us, it's very important that that veil is there. So we stay here. Like it's super important. It the veil works for us because mm-hmm. if we take the veil out, it kind of takes us out of the game. We don't give as much as we can. Cause we're like, Oh, this doesn't matter. Like <laughs> this isn't real. We're in the simulation. Right. And which may be true, but I, I need to have some of that veil in order to stay in this game, to know that like what I'm doing is to help level me up in some aspect or another. And like you said, that karma issue, like without the veil, we just bounce out and we get out there and we're like, Oh shit. Now I got to come back. Cause I meant, I forgot. I chose to be here. I chose this body. I chose these parents. I chose this quote unquote suffering. I chose that experience because that is the way in which I thought I would accelerate my growth because we're also probably impatient there too, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest. <laughs> yeah. So earth isn't the great accelerator. So that's, that's kind of what we're here for. So in that process, we learn to be more patient. We learn to be more expansive. We learn to be more superhuman and that takes time. That's the whole reason why the construct of time is here. So we can look backwards and forwards and see where we've gone, like versus where we've come. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a tool. Yeah. It's a, it's a tool, tool that we got to learn how to use. Well, right. coming back to a couple of things that you said there, like 
even superheroes, they have superpowers and they still got to live a regular life. They still yeah. got the human story that they got to deal with. They got to be in relationships to people. They got to like yep. guard, guard their privacy, you know, like, and that's, I think that's a, a very common misconception where like people will see people like us that can channel and do whatever. And they just think that our life is just Gucci, you know, like there's nothing that we have to do at all. And it's just like, no, like we're still developing as people. We're still dealing with the things that are happening. It's just not as difficult for as it, as it would be for a person that is experiencing it without those extra abilities. But yeah. it's, it's hella difficult. Like I, I go through it all the time and people are like, Oh, I'd love to be so empathic and see the future. No, you don't because no, you I've don't. had, yeah. Like, I almost I've think had, it's harder. Like yeah, with yeah. more knowledge, like with great responsibility comes great, whatever you, you get the phrase, power. Great, yeah, power yeah. Comes great responsibility. I almost think it's harder because it's like, you know, better now mm-hmm. and you can't go back. You can't unsee like you can't be blind and decide you want to be asleep and just let things be regular schmegler anymore. Like yeah. you have to keep going. Yeah. And one of the things that I've had to realize is like being so highly intuitive, the people around me don't often know what they're even experiencing. They're mm-hmm. going through the motions and I'm like, this is happening to you because of X, Y, and Z. And like, yeah. it's in one ear and out yep. the other, cause they're not ready to understand that. And I have to watch that person trip and fall and go through their cycles until they're like, Oh shit, that's what you meant for me. Right. Yeah. And then same thing happens with some of my closest friends where I've been like, they've come to me for a tarot reading. I, and this happened actually this past year, like two of my friends, I met them as clients originally mm-hmm. when I was still like under the radar. And I did a tarot reading for both of them. And it took five years, okay, for everything that I said to them to fully come full circle. And they're like, damn, I should have listened to you five years ago when you did that fucking reading. <laughs> and I'm like, that's just life, right? It's yeah. just, it just happens. And it's it, it, it was kind of like weird because it was a validation that, damn, Axel, you can see like that far into the future. But then at the same time being like, man, my friend's in pain because they saw the bullet coming and they didn't step out of the way. And now I can't really do anything for you because it's happened. Right. So all I can do is be a supportive character and be like, you know what you live, you learn, let's keep moving forward. Right. So like, that's kind of been one of the, I think the most difficult things of like raising consciousness that I don't think a lot of people talk about. Um, The other thing I wanted to jump in on that. um, Can I know on that real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. You said like, uh, I had a reading yesterday that was like that a good friend of mine and I could see where they were at, like in their heart of the pain that they were experiencing and knowing in the middle of that reading, this is not going to help them the way that I, I think it's going to, they'll hear all the stuff, but they're not going to do or, or heed to the advice, knowing what's coming. And that feeling of like, I can't save you from your own karma. Like I can't, like whatever your journey you're supposed to go through that's the journey you're supposed to go through. And some people come to me, they're like, that was very valuable. I'm going to do this. And they're able to sidestep some of that, that stuff, but you can't save someone from their own journey and what they're meant to go through in order to do that. So that was all I was going to say. No, definitely. I appreciate that. Like that's definitely needed. The other thing coming back over to time too, like one of the things that's really stood out to me a lot lately is like, I've gone through that experience where it's just like, why is it not happening now? Like, I'm such a great manifester. I can do all this crazy shit. Why am I not getting the things that I want right now? And then the universe has been showing me, look at guys like Joe Dispenza, look at Bruce Mm -hmm. Lipton, like look at Esther Hicks. Like these are people who have been doing their work for a hot minute. And then it's now that they're really like starting to pick up the waves. So it's like, is it wasted time 
if you end up getting the manifestation at the end of the day, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. it might not be right when you want it, but you end up getting it anyway, if you keep putting in the work. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of like forget that like time is not necessarily the enemy It's just more so like, you know, the journey is part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Like you still have to cultivate yourself and, you know, kind of like appreciate every aspect that happens along the way. Um, yeah. Right. You're so right there. Like um, one of my mystery school participants is a really good astrologer. And she was telling me, she was like, okay, I'm looking at your cycles according to your chart and 50, when you're 50, that's when things are really going to take off. And I was like, what, <laughs> you know, like, okay, mm-hmm. things have taken off in little spurts here and there, but I always have this feeling of like, ah, oh, come on. Like I'm still putting in this work. When is things going to hit this place? Um, you know, cause I'm like a business person too. So I get like, we all look at numbers and things like that and stats and whatnot. And I'm like, that's not the point of my work. You know, mm-hmm. like that's the human part of me that really wants to attach itself and its value to numbers and timing and money. And, you know, like, how can I make this better for my children or, you know, whatever. Um, but then when, when she said that, I thought like, okay, yeah, like I, I can be an Oprah when I'm 50. You know, like <laughs> I could step into that. I've done all this work. I'll have all this wisdom. I won't question myself anymore. It'll be great. I'm still like 12 years away. No big deal. Uh, in that space of knowing and saying like, okay, well, if people want to see into the future, but then when you, when you get a glimpse of what that could be, it's still not on your timeline. What, what they don't want, what they actually want is just control. It's not that they want to see into the future. They just want control. Like, is this thing going to happen or not? And if in the future it says, no, it's not. Did you really want to know the future? Or did you just want to know if you're going to get the result that you want, like to fulfill the expectation? So I think that that's always an interesting part of time because like, for instance, right now, um, me and my partner were supposed to get married next month. And then all this like family crap happened. There's all this like, blah, 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 you know, and we're like, this is not the right time. We can't enjoy this with like these family members and like whatever's going on. And it's been a, a tumultuous experience to have to experience this with the family members that are behaving the way that they are. Um, and it's not around even necessarily the wedding, it's other stuff, but it was just this moment of then me trying to fix like my, my hopes and expectations, all my planning, all of the stuff. Like I manifested this partner and like, we have this family and like, now we can't get married when we want to and whatever. And so we've, we've decided to, you know, delay that or whatever, maybe we'll elope in France. And I'm like, okay, I'm already making the plan. Like, okay, well, if it happens in September, then I can book the tickets and then I can plan this and I can get this makeup artist and this photographer and blah, blah, blah. And I'm trying so hard to control this situation to fix what I thought I lost. And then I had to ask myself, well, what if the universe doesn't think it's this time? Like, what if we're not supposed to get married right now? Like maybe there's a, a, a hard reason why like we shouldn't get married right now. And like, that's hard for me to fathom because me and him are like head over heels. It's fine. But like, it is, it is this moment of me saying, okay, at the end of the day, if we, if we get married tomorrow versus if we get married in three years, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, do I really just need that party to get dressed up in that dress and have these pictures for what? Like we're already together. We already have our family. You know what I mean? Like, does it really matter? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it does. But internally, like I have this struggle of like, oh, it's got to happen at this time because that's something I expect and it's something I want. And I want to have this experience. And for a lot of us, I know um, I've, I've spoken to a few people about this, but like, I have this weird feeling like my life is not going to be as long as it should be. Mm. And I don't know if that's me feeling past life stuff, fears or whatever, 
But if, if that is the case, I don't know if I'm knowing something ahead of time, you know, like you have your intuition and you have anxiety about it because you're like, is that something that's going to happen? Or is that something I experienced? I don't know. Um, is it anxiety or is it intuition? So there's this part of me feeling like I need to get it all in before I'm gone. And it's like wanting to know what's happening in the future to know if I'm going to miss out on something that I really like to experience this time around. So I don't know who knows. I don't know if that's the case, but I do know that when I had my, um, when my, I had my daughter and, uh, a hemorrhage and whatever, I had this feeling of like loss of consciousness. I started feeling like I'm slipping away and I was losing a lot of blood. And in those moments, I thought I'm not going to get to meet my daughter. Like, like this, just like hot sec mo- second moment. And then when I came to this feeling of like, I don't, I don't remember being in between consciousness. Like I don't ha- I wasn't floating over myself or nothing like that, but I just remember having this feeling of like a second chance, like get everything in that you need to. And that could just be a trauma response. Right. But to me, it was deeply a soul response saying like, you knew this was coming. You felt this. Cause I, for, for, since I've been a child, sorry, to just give you so much context here, but since I was 11, I can remember telling my mom, I never wanted to have kids cause I didn't want to die. And so that's a very bizarre thing for an 11 year old to say, um, when I was three and four years old, I would pray all the time. Please don't let my mom die. Please don't let my dad die. Please don't let, and my mom was like, this is super weird. She has this like fixation with her dying or someone else dying or whatever. So I got this like feeling of second chance, but with that, I have this, now this urgency for so many things of feeling like I need to get it in now. Otherwise I may miss my purpose. I may miss my Dharma. I may miss this experience. I may miss, you know, whatever. And ultimately at the the end of the day, my soul has made, I believe my soul has made contracts and a flow chart, basically of all the different possibilities of what I could experience in order to get to the final, whatever I'm supposed to be doing while I'm here. And I think because I'm an aware person, you're an aware person. We're all trying to be aware. Those listening to the show are trying to be aware that we're not going to miss it because we're, we're doing that work now. Like if we had just been like, nah, bro, I'm not, I'm not trying to look into myself. I'm not trying to heal. I don't care about any of that stuff. Like, yeah, you may miss it. That that's a possibility, I guess. But, um, doing that work, trying to be involved in that process of finding yourself, finding your Dharma, finding your purpose, healing yourself, loving yourself, all of those things is, is the experience itself. It is why we're here in order. So is, are we really missing anything? Mm -hmm. I, I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. The deep night ponderings of Alia Lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm so grateful that you were able to come here, be on part of the podcast, and everyone can hear your message. Um, if you would love to share where everyone could get a hold of you. Yeah. So you can find me at thelovelylea.com uh, to book readings or buy my shit. Uh, you can listen to my show, The Spiritual Shit, on uh, where all major podcasts are held. And you can also find me at patreon.com slash thelovelyalea to get all the behind the scenes uh, greatness uh, from our episodes, as well as enrolling in our mystery school, where it's like a, a budding school of mystics who are learning about spirituality and trying to uh, figure more about themselves. Yeah, definitely check out her podcast. It's got all the juiciness and I'm so grateful for you being here. We'll have you again sometime in the future. Yay, thank you. I'm sending all the love. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. If you're looking for one-on-one coaching with me to empower yourself into your highest vibration, 
check out the links in the description or visit us at onzohai.us.